how do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to the Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley. I have a very, very special guest with me today. I have Prabjot Singh. Prabjot is the serial entrepreneur who started multiple for-profit social enterprise and nonprofit ventures. He serves as the president and CEO of Pies, and they are venture capital-backed leader in terms of digital transformation analytics. Welcome. Happy to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Ryan. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I'm pumped too, man. We were talking a little pre-show, a little, little pre-game like I always do. And your go-to-market strategy is really unique. So I'm excited to share this with the world. So before we begin, let's do a quick revenue rundown before we get too deep into your story. Okay. So you can tell us where you're at in your journey in terms of revenue. Sure. Yeah. So we've been in market for about three, four years. Uh, we'll probably do healthy eight figures this year we you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped you caught me in a good week we just uh found out we won you know a seven-figure contract with the air force nice. uh, just this week so you know it's uh, uh I'm, I'm excited so this this is a good start to the year for us seven-figure contracts are huge wins i love that i love hearing that and and on top it off you know to add an extra layer of difficulty it's with the government right so that's that's like special points for, for making that happen. That's right. We've just been working on it for the last two decades, right? As I said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Excellent. So walk us through your, your go-to-market strategy, high level, just like what's your go-to-market strategy? Yeah. So I, I'm a big believer in, in partners, right? Especially when you're a startup, right? There's, there's a few dimensions that you've got to get right, right? You've got to, got to get the, the product market fit right, right? Being able to sort of solve a key problem right, mm-hmm. for a customer. And then once you do that, the, the, the harder part is the distribution strategy, right? Uh, like mm-hmm. we know that, you know, typically the, the best product may not even win, right? It's good. It's the company that can get the best distribution that, that typically wins right now. If you've got the, the most amazing product, and you've got a winner distribution strategy. Well, then you're going to kill it, right? It's going to it's going to be a unicorn, and and it's hard, right, for any startup to get the attention of large enterprises, right? So if you're playing in the uh, in the enterprise sphere where you're selling to Fortune 100, Global 2000, right? You, like, good luck getting a meeting with a VP level person, right? That's hard, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just it's because they don't like. Right, they've got a lot going on. Uh, so, if you can connect with a trusted partner, or you can help a a partner of theirs be more strategic, deliver greater value while solving a problem for them, well, then you're gold. And that that's the approach that we've taken. Um, right, our focus is on process improvement. We help enterprises improve the operational efficiency of their key business processes, right? So for a bank, it might be uh, someone wants to open a bank account. There's a ton of steps that have to happen, right? From someone showing up at a branch or filling out an application online, right? To when that first deposit can be made uh, in in that bank account. Um, There's multiple people that have to touch that process, 
there's uh, you know there's bottlenecks, there's friction points right along the way. So what we do is we do a MRI of that end-to-end process, right? And we'll identify, oh, this is where you have a bottleneck. Here's an opportunity to automate. Here's, you know, here's an opportunity to uh, conduct better training, right? Here, here's best practices you can cross-pollinate from this region to this region, right? That's the kind of work that that we do for large enterprises, right? Like the U.S. Air Force, um, uh, you know, Fortune 500 banks, so forth. And, you know, so when we were thinking about our go-to-market strategy, the, we, we tried a bunch of things, right? Uh, most of them didn't, didn't work. <laughs> but where we saw traction and where we saw uh, stickiness was two types of partnerships. One was with the, the platforms that are being used to build modern applications, right? Because mm-hmm. a, a lot of large enterprises are kind of, because of COVID, because of just sort of where right. we are in the digital transformation journey, people are going from these on-prem legacy systems to more modern, low-code platforms in the cloud, right? So platforms like Pega, OutSystems, Mendix, right, Appian. Um, so we partnered with these platforms to provide plug-and-play analytics, right? So the story is... Uh, Mr. Enterprise or Ms. Enterprise customer will give you an understanding of what your legacy system looks like, right? So you can kind of identify, oh, here's where I have process inefficiencies. And as you're migrating into these modern systems, you can actually fix that, right? Not just sort of take uh, uh, existing shitty process, uh, you can beat <laughs> that out if you want, and uh, <laughs> And, you know, modernize it, but you can actually fix the, the issues that are broken as you're modernizing, right? So that helps the customer. It adds more value to the platform, and it becomes a source of lead flow for us in partnership, right? A very organic partnership for us. Um, and then the second point of partnership was the, the global system integrators that actually do that work of the transformation journey, right? So companies like Tech Mahindra, Virtusa, right? These are billion-dollar companies, CoForge, that are enabling the largest enterprise in the world to undergo this digital transformation. We're partnering with them because they've got the ear of the customer. You know, they might have hundreds or thousands of people that are deployed in these accounts, and you know, they they, they can directly leverage our capability to ensure success of these projects, deliver greater value to the customer. So it kind of becomes a win-win-win scenario for everyone involved. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I could easily see that, and especially with the digital transformation. I mean, they're, they're focused on it anyways, and I, I assume your solution just accelerates it, right? So, and stabilizes it long-term. So um, it, sounds, it sounds like a great model. How, how large is your team? So we're about 35 people uh, globally. Uh, our core engineering team is uh, in, in, well, we were in the Bay Area primarily, but that was before COVID, right? So we had a bunch of people move out of the Bay Area, right? Uh, Texas, Nevada, right? Even up to Sacramento, right? All, all over. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, remote folks uh, all over the world now, right? UK, India, uh, Canada, 
um, and so it it works it works pretty well, and you know uh, we're we're growing pretty fast this year. So if, uh, any of your listeners out there, if you're a you know good engineer, uh, have background in business development, uh, you know sales, marketing, uh, hit me up. <laughs> Catch it, touch them all, touch them all. I mean that, and I know I already hit that you're that you're backed that you're venture back, correct? As well. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, we've uh, you know we've got some really good uh, and supportive uh, venture funds on board. Uh, Illuminate Ventures, uh, Benamu Global Ventures, um, Shasta Ventures, Correlation Ventures, right? So th- these are all Bay Area companies. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, like I, I, uh, I, you know, it's it's always dicey when you take venture money, but uh, it, it's it's been a great experience for us because they've they, you know they've opened up their networks and. Uh, was really really helpful in the early days. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you're you're well back there. And so so let's get into your story because you know I, I know you've had a really unique journey to get to this point. You're in the corporate world and then the entrepreneur world. Can you just walk us through that? So how do you get to an almost eight figure company right now, closing million dollar deals for your business that helps automate you know different processes and components like. How did you get here? Like, what was the journey? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's been a fun. It's been a fun journey, right? It's certainly lots of ups and downs, like as the uh, as as all journeys go. Uh, I out of college uh, started working at Citigroup, right? So uh, out of college, I joined Citigroup. They had this management associate program that John Reed, who was the president of Citibank at that time, came out of. So it was like a your darling program where they rotate you to different parts of the bank, right? Give you lots of management training and you kind of come out like a VP or AVP in the bank, kind of on the management track. So I did that for about a year. It was fun, right? Got to see kind of different parts of the bank. I ran MIS for Citibank.com, uh, right? Kind of, uh, and, and in those early days of the internet, right? So I'm talking like 2000, right? Yeah. Uh, if you remember, site, websites were not stable, right? You try to go and sign up for a credit card, and the site would go kaput. Or you try to rent a car, and you know you'd get kind of like just the, the browser would crash or something, and no one knew why because you had these monolithic applications running on the back end, uh, Java, .NET applications. Uh, so there's this tiny company called Wiley Technology in the Bay Area that just raised their Series A funding. It was like maybe 11, 12 people, right? And they 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 found my resume somewhere, called me up, say, "Come on out to the to the West Coast." And I'd never been to California, so I was like, "Sure." Uh, so we hit it off. I joined them, right? Became like employee number 14 or something like that, um, and. You know, we grew that business to about sixty million in revenue. Nice, that's and awesome. And you know, it was great. I mean, I I, I I I was super junior, obviously, but I got to do a lot of different things right along the way. And when we got bought by Computer Associates, right, I took over as sort of the VP of marketing. I helped integrate the sales and marketing organizations, uh, and you know, I, I learned a lot on that journey with Wiley. And one of the things that kind of a bunch of us that went through that experience sort of said was, 
look, drug sales is great, but you want to try and avoid it as much as you can because mm-hmm. it was just such an expensive endeavor, right? We we got the business to about sixty million, but you know we were we were not profitable and we didn't really have a line of sight to being profitable. And that's why the, the company got sold. Uh, so I, you know, and then when at Computer Associates. Um, we did the integration with their sales organization. We were able to grow that business from like 60 million to like 250 million in the next wow. three years, right? Before I left. And, and yeah, you can do that because CA had like 5,000 salespeople, right? They had a whole <laughs> army that could just go and just sell. Um, and, you know, I enjoyed that. It was, uh, it, it was a very different experience, right? Kind of scaling the business and everything that goes along with that. And then, you know, from there, I kind of took the learnings that I had. I took some time off. I did, uh, I did a social enterprise, uh, which was fun. And, you know, there also we kind of, I used the partnership mindset to kind of scale the business. Um, and then when we started Pies, uh, you know, we had this idea of, you know, taking the learnings that we had. And really, if you think about what Pies does today, right, we're doing what Wiley did on the technical side, right, to kind of figure out the bits and bytes of the application that were broken, but mm-hmm. we're doing at the at, doing that at the business process layer, right? Oh, where, okay. where where do you have issues in your business process that you can actually solve uh, and 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 get better operational efficiency? Is that is that what inspired you to create pies like that whole model? You're like, hey, there's still a gap on the business side, or yeah, I I always thought that there was a gap on the business side. That's something that, you know, I wanted to tackle when we initially started FIES, we were focused more on the B2C side. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's just, you know, as we kind of rolled that product out and we got, you know, we started getting thousands and thousands of sort of B2C developers using our product. We had good traction, but we didn't see a line of sight to, to scaling that business, right? But then I always had this in the back of my head that, hey, we could we could focus on the enterprise and and that's a you know that's a space I know really well, right? So kind of right. going back to your roots uh, and you know folks on our team know enterprise software really well, so that's that was very natural sort of you could think of it a pivot, uh, right? In in some regards, but that's yeah that's what we're doing now and uh, we're having a great time. That's awesome. I, I mean, obviously, you, you've went through a lot of rocket ships. Like, let me ask you this. So what's the hardest thing right now, you know, from scaling to from one million to eight figures? Like, what's the toughest thing to do when you're trying to scale from, you know, one to eight figures? Yeah, I, it, it's really about the team, right? Like, if you like, if you can get to a million in, in, in revenue, you know, you've kind of got a model that works, right? You've got to kind of make sure as you kind of go to that next 10x of, uh, uh, of, of revenue, you've got the team in place that can ensure that your customers are successful, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think where a lot of companies falter is not having uh, the processes well-defined that ensure success, right? Because like, look, I, I, I don't think of product market fit as necessarily a revenue figure. 
mm-hmm. right? Like people will say, oh, you get to a million in ARR and you know, you've got kind of product market fit. It's really about customer success, right? How, how successful you can make your existing customers. Uh, can, are they renewing? Are you increasing your footprint in those accounts, right? Are you helping them solve the problems that they, that they came to you with, right? So if you can do that and you can demonstrate that year over year, well, you know, then, then you've got uh, a process that you can scale. Right. And then and then it's about the people to scale that process. Yeah, there's I mean, there's it's funny because Deloitte did and this was about a year and a half ago, just just like a survey of business leaders in Fortune 1000 organizations. And one of the things they brought up is like, what are your top three buying criteria? Right. And, you know, one of them was it's customized to me. The, The second was, you know, it's simple to implement. Right. So there's not a big lift to implement it. And then last but not least was was basically what you just discussed right there, right? Like, um, how do I, it's results, right? And they're looking more and more increasingly, the whole entire market is looking to almost have performance metrics included in contracts on results, which is sharp if you think about it, right? So, yeah, I, I, absolutely. And look, like, I, I don't think I've ever given a customer a proposal that didn't have an ROI model associated with it. Right, like it's like, hey, and, and and that ROI model is jointly developed, right, with the right. With, with the customer, exactly. and and yeah, you know, like it might be a little inflated or whatever, right? But uh, put but a little lipstick got, on it, right? Yeah, you might dress it <laughs> yeah. up a little bit, you know, whatever. Sure, but <laughs> but but you, you know, for sure, like when someone's making an investment in your software, right? They're put they're I mean, they're putting their job on the line in some in yep. some ways, right? And and especially when you're a startup, right? They're like the, there's that whole thing saying of you know no one got fired for buying IBM, right? But which used to be back in the day. I don't know if it's still true today, but uh, <laughs> but you know if you're if you're uh, convincing someone to purchase your software, you, you should be making a commitment of you know for every dollar that you give me. I'm I'm going to give you X dollars in benefit, right? And then have the ability to measure that because if you don't have the ability to measure that, you know, you're at risk basically. Oh yeah, definitely. So so what would you say now that you're you're kind of approaching that eight figure mark this year? What's your what's your single biggest challenge you're running into in terms of growing? Yeah, I mean, I think we've got to we've we've got to verticalize our approach to the market. And that's something that, you know, we like, yeah, you know, we've done, we've done, we sell into kind of very verticalized, specialized spaces, uh, right? Financial services, government, manufacturing, right? Where we're just sort of uh, seeing more and more interest in healthcare, like we're talking about, you know, during the pregame. And, you know, as you get deeper into these, these verticals, you've got to have, really deep understanding, right? Of like, if you're going to go and have a conversation with someone who does warehouse management, right? And and help them improve their uh, warehousing processes. You know, you got to be able to have a conversation with them uh, and not sound like a fifth, like a fifth grader, right? Like, because this is what they do uh, every day, all day long. So, you know, so having domain experts that can that can have that conversation that can help with sort of the right solutioning, 
uh, is important having kind of the product, uh, as, as you mentioned from that Deloitte study, right? Easy to implement. And when you, when you think about that in a vertical con- context, right, the, the lingo, the jargon, uh, right, the capabilities, the use cases should support that vertical. And the more you can get that to be out of the box without customization, uh, right? Because, yeah, people say they want to customize for me, but they'd much rather it was customized out of the box, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <That's> my, somebody <laughs> was the first me like two years ago. So this is like the 15th version of or 100th version of, of the me customization. So it's really smooth. That's right. That's right. So um, I, I think those are kind of the the, the, the business challenges, uh, okay. right, that, that we're, we're focused on as, as we move forward here. Okay. Yeah, and that's natural. I mean, based on, on your deal sizes and the larger deal sizes, I mean, that was, I mean, because I've sat with so many Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 buyers, and that was one of the things they consistently came up with is they're like, hey, it's it's like amateur hour here with some of your competitors because they come in and they give a general blanket pitch and they don't know the specifics, um, you know, and here's the thing that, that, that what's really interesting too is like, people that really, really knock the cover off the ball, what I've seen at least is not only do they understand the verticals, but then they understand the nuances of basically the, the ownership structure, right? Like like the pressures that a VC back company has versus a PE back company versus a publicly traded company. Cause those are other like layers and nuances. So you got like the verticals and all the requirements, then you got the ownership structure and that's kind of like the invisible force that pushes down in terms of the entire executive team, so. That, 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 that's right. And, and aligning with business goals, right? Like if, like if you're, you know, going in and talking to, let's say, insurance company and their, their goal is that, hey, we need to reduce the cost to process claims by 50%, right? And, right. And, 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 you know, we're seeing a lot of requirements like that, right? Mm. Whether it's in manufacturing or, or, or healthcare or, you know, BFSI, where people have these really aggressive goals um, because what they're looking to do is scale their business operations while reducing costs, right? By leveraging automation, you know, whether it's RPA or some other automation capability, um, you know, how do you improve straight through processing? So, uh, for s- certain types of cases, uh, you, you know, maybe we don't need a human to touch them even, right? And, and they can go straight through. So being able to go in and understand what their specific business goal is, and then understanding what are the investments that they're making and how you can fit into that kind of landscape is really, really important. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think that's, the, if you can't have those conversations, you're not going to be successful. And one of the things going back to kind of the go-to-market model, right, as we've sort of built up those, those capabilities, and we are building up those capabilities in-house, we lean on our partners, right, uh, that are already working with w- with customers because they've got they, they already have those domains, right? Expert, mm. Expertise uh, in house, um, and oftentimes they're the tip of the spear that are bringing into those accounts, right? So we can be kind of the product specialists and and the partners, the domain specialists. Okay, that's that's good. So oh, that's so good. So. So walk me through that. It's a perfect segue. So 
it, it's so funny. And the reason why I'm saying this is so good. I literally talked to a, um, I talked to Steve Phillips yesterday. Who's the, who's the founder and they're about 50 million in revenue. And he's like, that's how his whole company started is basically he was the domain expertise. Um, he didn't have the technical expertise. So he found a co-founder that had that. So it's funny that you, you split it up that way as well. Um, with partners. So, so walk us through your framework for partnerships and, how to implement a go-to-market strategy with that, what you look for. And I would just love to hear it. So if you could break that down into three, maybe four, five, six points, it'd be awesome to hear. Yeah. I mean, so look, look first of all, with with any sort of partner, you've got to kind of, you know, we treat, you, you have to treat it like a, a, a sales exercise, right? Like you've got yeah. kind of, hey, who are the list of potential partners that are a good fit? right, for your business, right? Uh, we, we did that. And once you have that understanding of, you, you know, you, you then sort of have to engage with the the right person, uh, whether it's from a you know, domain perspective, uh, you know, we'll focus a lot on digital transformation practices or, uh, you know, low-code platform practices, right, modernization practices within, within these large kind of uh, consulting companies that we partner with, and and then you know you've got to find someone who's uh, has a has a pain that you can solve, right? That mm-hmm. kind of recognizes that okay, hey, this is a gap that your software can can fill for our customers and for our practice overall. Um, and then from from there, right, you've got to get, go through uh, a lot of diligence, right? Like the, for us, we had to go through a lot of diligence with these. Uh, bigger partners with smaller partners, it, it, you know, you can sort of say, okay, hey, let's find a a first customer. Let's make them successful together. We know how we can work, uh, right? But if you're going and talking to, you know, a, a system integrators that are doing $5, $10 billion a year, well, you know, the, 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 they're going to want to check you out before they take you on that first date, right? In a, yeah. in a, in a real meaningful way. So, so you kind of have to go through the diligence exercise and then you, you've got to, you know, put some numbers on the board, right? Actually, uh, typically show this is how we can partner together in an initial account or two, right? Where Which then becomes sort of the, the proof point that you can use to kind of formulate the partnership in general. And then, uh, and, and then you have to really initiate a, a enablement, exercise right and part part of that is marketing right internal marketing right. And, and then external marketing right uh, and then there's technical enablement sales enablement blah 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 um you, you know developing sort of core competency within the partner like a center of excellence for for your business and then you know oftentimes figuring out where that center of excellence lives right is it, it's not trivial uh within large organizations um and then, you know, kind of slowly building momentum, right? And and as you get more and more wins, you can develop more and more momentum, and uh, you know, and, and the partnership kind of becomes uh, beneficial for 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 everyone involved. Excellent. So, I think that's a, that's a great framework. So, so let me just recap that and play that back for you. So. I like how you, you compare it to sales. It's like almost like a sales exercise, right? So you got to find the right prospects, Dream 100 partners, right? What's the pain that you could solve? 
you know, you get, you have the diligence if it's, if they're a big company, right? The multi-billions are just way bigger than you. Otherwise you can kind of co-partner it. Hey, let's try this out. The smaller mutual customer, put the numbers and projections, try it out as a proof, then create the enablement internally and externally, which I love that you hit on both of those, create a center of excellence, and then slowly, but surely build that momentum, that trust. And did I, did I get it all? I was taking notes. I wanted to make sure I had it all. I, 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 th- I think you got it, right? And, and it could take anywhere between you know, three months to a year, right? Just okay. like a, uh, in terms of start to getting something deployed at actual customer, right? Depending on the size of the partner and uh, sort of the, the diligence that they might require. Okay. And, and what would you say is the single biggest mistake that that organizations make when they're trying to leverage this model or create this model or implement it, I should say. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say putting the cart before the horse, right? Because you've got to you've got to make sure there's a there there, and and the only way you can do that is by you know if you've got kind of mutual customers or you've got uh, places that you worked before, right, with that, with that partner, whether it was directly or you know tangentially. You might have some of those proof points, but like if you're gonna as a, like as a startup, if you're gonna invest a year into a partnership, <laughs> right? Like you better be darn sure that it's gonna uh, generate the results that you want, right? Otherwise, like that, there's huge opportunity cost to doing that. Yeah, no, that's a really great point. Yeah, that can, I mean that could be the downfall of a company, right? If they if they're focused on that and it doesn't it doesn't occur, so. What, what, and then on an ongoing basis, like in terms of management cadence, what do you recommend once you get the machine set up and launched? Yeah, I mean, look, we, we have partners where we have daily touch points with, right? Because it's not because when you're dealing with big companies, it's not a, a monolith, right? The, like teams are distributed. There's different groups that it's just like, uh, you know, selling into an account, right? Like, like you land in a particular place you work with a specific group whether it's business or it right and then what do you do you get a referral to another division or right you broadcast the success that you've had with an internal case study and you know you look for another use case right for your software so i you know with partners it's very similar because if you've done a lot of work to uh you know i was just talking to a partner today i'll give you an example where we're focused on helping them with your digital transformation, right? Uh, but they also do a lot of BPO work, for instance, right? And and uh, you know, halfway through the conversation, they're like, "Oh, this could really help us with cost cutting, right? Or cost takeout of the managed services contracts that we have, for instance, pro- process improvement, right? For internal operations, which which isn't a use case that we we, we thought about or talked about previously." Hmm. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I. It, it reminds me of like an enterprise deal. Like literally, it's, it's like very, very similar parallel process that you have to, to set up. So, so now that you've been through both models, um, like what would you say is the, the, the increase in benefit of, of trying the partnership route versus the direct sales model? And I know you, it sounded like you didn't have the best experience if you weren't profitable. I've seen lots of companies that are massively profitable with the enterprise motion, but like based on your experience, what what would you say is like the uptick that you've seen just in your experiences? Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's all about scale, right? Like if you can get to scale, uh, 
right the, the like the the unit economics will work out right so how do you get to sort of scale and yeah you can go partner or, or direct uh with with partner you just get a lot more leverage right mm-hmm. because you uh, it, it's much more cost effective as a as a go to market model um you don't have to have a, a big sales organization right and so there's obviously cost benefit to that what you lose out with is, on is is control of of opportunities right because mm-hmm. you're not the one that's sitting next to the customer right. or right directly selling to the customer right you're you're dependent on someone else so you've got to build that trust right and you've got to have have sort of faith that you know, they're they're going to uh prioritize you right versus the you know, five or other 10 whatever however many competing priorities that might they might have right so that part is is something that requires uh calibration mm-hmm. to you know have that leverage but then also be able to get involved in actually interacting with the customer right because for for a partner to give you that ability they've got to have trust on their side as well right oh yeah um, so I, I think those are yeah, I mean, I think those are the 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 high level pros and cons. Okay, that I mean, that was an absolute awesome way to kind of break it down. Very detailed, very very specific. So I appreciate that. We're just about up on time, so I'm going to do a quick founder fire for you, and then right. we'll wrap things up. So, so um, quick, a few quick questions for you. Who's your favorite founder or CEO that you follow right now, or think is doing an amazing job? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, so I, I'm a big uh, fan of Elon, obviously. I, right, I mean, just because, it, 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 probably for different reasons than most other people, um, right? I mean, I'm, I, I'm impressed by just his sheer will and determination, right, of through the, the ups and downs uh, in, you know, he's, yeah, he's shaken up industries and, uh, you know, has built these amazing, amazing companies. But I think, like, what has impressed me the most is his ability to go all in, right, uh, to kind of make these companies successful that, you know, uh, even by startup odds probably should have failed, right? Yeah, he's a stud. He, he gets yeah. brought up a lot on the show. So. Sure. Yeah, um, of course. What's, what's, your, what's your favorite book you've read over the past couple of years? So I just finished uh, rereading the Foundation series, um, uh, which is uh, right, uh, written by Asimov, who kind of invented science fiction. That, you know, for me, uh, I, that's a good escape from the yeah. craziness of my day, day <laughs> life. Um, and uh, you know, Apple just released a... a a TV series, right, based on that that's book. So I, I I brushed up on it. It was it was great. What's the TV series they released? It's called The Foundation. So, oh, it is called The Foundation. Uh, okay, I didn't see yeah. that. Okay, let's yeah. check it out. All right. Yeah. Um, and then you know, what's your what's a favorite online tool that you have that you can't live without? Oh, it's it's got to be Slack, hands down. I'm, really? I'm on, okay. I'm on, oh yeah, I'm on I'm on Slack twenty four seven. I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then last but not least, what is advice you would give to your, your early startup self, right? So when you're just starting your first startup, what would what advice would you give knowing what you know now? Everything takes longer than you think it will, so plan for it. 
<laughs> I feel like that message is for me. I always want stuff to happen faster than it does. So thank That's you. Right. It was a pleasure having you on the show. I really appreciate you. Where can people find you? Where can they learn more about you? Uh, yeah, check out pies.com. I, uh, you know, hit me up on LinkedIn. I, you know, would uh, love to chat with your listeners if uh, you know, there's a, a use case for our process intelligence to improve your business operations. Uh, look me up. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure. Yeah, Ryan, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Thanks. Good to see you. Thank you for checking out The Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.